5 o'clock in Pirate Country, and 94.3 The Game is going to get you home with the P-Man. In 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Lock it in. Turn it up. It's time for the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. This is the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. We were going to talk a lot of baseball today, Ben. I thought we might go with our baseball staple. <laughs> no. Let's give it a break for a little while. Do you, uh, I think we missed this. Did we have a show after the, did we have a show on the Friday of the NFL draft, Ben? Did we have a show? We uh, have, we've had so few Friday shows. I'm trying, I don't think we no, did. No, we didn't. I mean, logic, we didn't. Baseball. So did you hear, uh, Ann Wilson, bless her heart, singing the national anthem. No, I know she does the, uh, what is it, Sunday night football theme? I guess, I don't know. So, Ann Wilson, you sure that you sure? I don't think that's Ann Wilson. Oh, she did. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. She collaborated with, uh, what's her name? Carrie? Carrie Underwood? Maybe she used to do it last year or something. I don't know. So, uh, Ann Wilson. Let me make sure I've got the right Wilson sister. Yeah, Nancy's the other one. Ann Wilson, um, who who could sing in her day, sang the national anthem before the NFL draft. And he, 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 he. <laughs> I mean, she was screaming it. My wife was like, "What? What is this?" Sorry, is MGK. He stole the show later. He made up for it. Who? MGK, Machine Gun Kelly. Um, Get with the Toms. Oh, yeah. yeah, I got to. Hey, uh, welcome in everybody. Great to have you with us on this uh, Tuesday. Aaron Fit was in town this weekend. He is the co-editor of D1Baseball.com. We're going to talk to Aaron in a little bit. I have not seen Ben where they have put out an updated uh, an update, an updated uh, projections. I have been either. Uh, I, I looked and, all day. Yeah, and there's some other. So uh, that might be something we see more tomorrow. But uh, the sites for the NCAA regionals are supposed to be announced Thursday. And uh, we're going to try to get a little insight from Aaron. Uh, into exactly what this is, and we'll get some of his thoughts on the ECU team and where they stack up uh, against everybody else. Uh, one of the baseball things, and this is just kind of, you know, I was such a big baseball fan as a kid, Ben. I was. Uh, I was too. <laughs> I a love huge, baseball. yeah, huge, huge fan as a kid. I really uh, love baseball. I would, I would watch the games. You know, went to some games, been to Atlanta and St. Louis and some other places. I mean, I've just, I love, love baseball. And I mean, I'd go as a kid, not frequently, but I mean, frequently enough, I'd go to like Kinston Indian games as a kid. And, you know, there's been times in my professional life where I've covered teams for the whole season for a season or two. And, you know, there, there is something kind of fun and romantic about a whole baseball season, especially at the professional level. It's, it's a lot of fun. And I was thrilled a few years ago. I got back into it when the Cubs won the world series. I, I feel like the franchise should have probably won more but considering they went a hundred some odd years without winning one you know at least they won one take what you got take what you can get take what you can get uh but i've always been fascinated like you know my favorite thing to do as a kid was when the cubs went on the west coast or even the braves you watch a little west coast baseball you know espn used to show a lot of west coast games and i love watching west coast because you got to stay up late as a kid and we all know staying up late as a kid is an exciting thing right 
stay up. Everybody's asleep. You can watch the baseball game. It's it's really a and lot the of thing fun. thing is exciting. You usually don't stay up that late and allow to watch exactly. something. Yeah, yeah. And so I love I love West Coast baseball. I always have. And I mean, even now, I, I don't make it up this late anymore. But if I happen to be up late and there's a West Coast hockey or West Coast uh you know, basketball, especially a West Coast baseball game up. And, I, you know, if I'm coming back from something and it's on, I'll, I'll watch a little bit of it and I'll kind of give that nostalgic, warm, fuzzy feeling. So part of the thing I've always enjoyed about baseball, too, is I've always been fascinated by expansion and location in baseball because it's such a traditional game. And you so I, Jeff, uh, passing or passing, Ben, I always struggle with this. Passing, I believe. Yeah, passing, 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 uh, Jeff, passing. Don't call him Passan. Uh, big baseball reporter for ESPN does fabulous work. Well, he just posted a couple of hours ago that the uh, Oakland A's are going to pretty much leave Oakland. They're exploring all possibilities of of leaving Oakland. And you and I just got to talking here before we went on the air a little bit. Uh, Las Vegas appears to be kind of the the front runner, would you say? Is that right? Yeah, which is a little hypocritical, but, you know, it is what it is. Now, you say it's hypocritical because of the gambling stance. Yeah. I mean, Pete Rose is in the Hall of Fame because of it. You got Shoeless Joe Jackson not in the Hall of Fame because of it. I think every major sports franchise, well, even the not-so-major, but I mean, like MLB, NFL, NBA, NHL, even MLS, PGA especially, has had to embrace the, the gambling aspect of it. Yeah. I mean, that's the way the sports Market as a whole, media as a whole, is that's where it's heading. That's where it's going. FanDuel, all that stuff is popular. It's, I mean, it's a household thing. I'm old school enough. I like watching the game for the game. But I get that guys your age uh, and probably 10 years younger than me and to your age and younger like to watch these games for a couple of reasons. They're fantasy teams, especially in football, and, and the gambling aspect. Reigning fantasy football champion, baby. I got to belt the show for it. So uh, that is the reason why, you know, a certain generation watches the games. I'm just a fan. I enjoy watching it. But if I don't watch, the, if I don't watch any games on a Sunday during the NFL season, it's not going to break up my uh, world. If I've got something else to do, I go do it. Um, baseball, you know, I don't watch as much baseball as I used to because there's always tomorrow. Keep up with it, but you know what I'm saying. I don't watch the NBA hardly any at all, and I'll get into hockey this time of year because of the playoffs, and, and there's really no finer playoffs beginning to end. Uh, in pro sports in the NHL. So, anyway, back to this Oakland A's thing, relocating to Las Vegas. And I just, I think it's interesting. It makes sense to me. Now, there's, in this article, it talks about there are other franchise or other cities that have expressed interest in getting an MLB team. And, you know, it would be Portland, Oregon. What do you think of that, Ben? Yeah. I don't like that at all. Keep things out of Portland. Vancouver, Vancouver, British Columbia, Canada. I don't like that either. That's basically Portland. Ben, Ben, (laughs) way north of Portland. (laughs) When I, when I brought this up, it's basically people like baseball up there. Uh, you know, they, they have a hockey team. Obviously they had a basketball team for a little bit, but that didn't work out. No. And I think they've had a minor league team up there. That's been relatively successful. And when I brought this up originally, Ben said, does MLB want to make money? Yeah. Uh, of course, Montreal, 
as an expansion site. That makes sense. They were looking into that for uh, Tampa Bay to relocate to. And I think that's, that could very well happen. Uh, Nashville and Charlotte. Now, Nashville and Charlotte, and to a degree, well, you know, Portland's had the Blazers forever. But, you know, Nashville and Charlotte are fairly new to the MLB or to the pro sports landscapes. You know what I mean? I mean, in like in, 20, in the, 20 something years, you know, not well, fairly with basketball, yeah, with basketball, 30 some years, Panthers are what? 20, 25 years, something Blow like over that. 25. But I mean, in the grand scheme of baseball, which has been around for, you know, well over a century, it's, it's a small sample size, but those cities are just getting big enough to maybe support more than one, you know, pro sports franchise. Cause that's part of this too. You know, in, in Nashville, you've got an NHL and an NFL, NBA, NFL, and, and Charlotte. Uh, you just have the NBA team in, uh, in Portland. And look, they just got Seattle, a, uh, an, NFL, an NHL franchise. The Kraken. Yeah. And that's, it'd be great to have an NBA team back there. But I digress at all of this in saying, I, I had a crazy idea, Ben. Let's just expand a city in each. Okay. In each of uh, the AL East. AL Central, AL West, NL East, NL I mean, let's just, just expand by six. So relocate the A's to Vegas. I guess they got to stick with the A's name. The Athletics has a has a has just a, a great deal of history. That's fair. In, I like the Rough Riders, though. Rough Riders, Desperados, something like that. I get what, I get what you're saying there, but I just don't think you could rename. <laughs> yeah. You can't, re, you can't rename the A's. Too I mean, much history just, there. It's like the Raiders. Yeah, way, yeah, yeah, way too much history there. Um, the great Las Vegas name would have been the Las Vegas Aces. And of course that was taken by the WNBA team. So I, I think the AL East, you add Montreal that because you can't move a team to Montreal and not have them be the Expos yeah. and not bring back those uniforms. I, I don't mean, think that they would, would make sacrifice. that mistake by calling them something else. I would hope not. Uh, so we decided that an L NL East team would go to Charlotte. Makes sense. What would you right. call them? That I don't know, and I, I don't know if we have time to get into that. I mean, they're an expansion team, so I, that's a good – actually, it's a good question. I don't know what you would call them. Be a racing-related? Would it be the Aviators, uh, something? Mm, I don't know. Who knows? Um, you know, they, they – The backers. Yeah, no, that's certainly not that. But here's the issue in Charlotte. You can't expect you that stadium's not built to have seats added onto it. Bank of America doesn't even have parking. The parking situation is god awful, terrible. And I just don't know if you could pull off at a place like Charlotte an MLB franchise without a team to Atlanta's the only one that's kind of bucked the system in recent years of building something new but building it out of the you know out of downtown. They've built something in the northern suburbs. That's a huge investment. Oh, it's a huge investment, but there's also, they've built like shopping and restaurants and industry around it. So they're trying to build a whole new city there and call them the Atlanta Braves. Uh, AL Central, I'm going Nashville. That's fair. Makes sense. I mean, it kind of makes sense ge geographically. AL West, I'll go Portland. Because I think the... I think AL West, Vancouver, Seattle, that you're almost encroaching on markets there a little bit. Yeah, I, I don't know where you would you where where else you would put them. I mean, Portland does make sense. I just don't like that city whatsoever. Yeah. No, I understand. When it comes to 
having a sports franchise. I mean, is there a lot of interest up there in the Trailblazers? Are the Trailblazers doing well? Yeah, well, the Blazers, yeah, the Blazers always have done well. Okay, all right. All right, that's fair. Um, Vancouver, I put them in the NL West. So that leaves us, who do you put in the NL Central under my crazy expansion plan? Louisville. You know, Indianap- Indianapolis. Well, you say Louisville. Indianapolis, because you know, Buffalo's had a, an, a, a, a AAA team for years. But, I mean, Buffalo's a dwindling, non-growth population. You know, Indianapolis is a very popular city growing. Has an NFL franchise and a basketball team. Buffalo hosted uh, Toronto this past year, didn't they? When they had the uh, COVID season. Oh, they have the facilities. I just don't know if they have the the interest and population yeah, base. Plus, the I weather's loud. The weather's lousy most of the year. Got a bit of dome. Well, that won't happen. Um, so we we said Omaha, but then you know that Omaha situation with Rosenblatt is so geared towards the College World Series, and their minor league team does fairly well. You know, I doubt that that would make sense. Oklahoma City is a really growing part of the country. Um, we mentioned Indiana, and then you said Louisville. Louisville Sluggers, baby. Well, that's the only, I like the nickname. But that that won't happen. And then we got to the conversation. And, and so when I was about your age, maybe a little younger, Ben, there was this movement to expand Major League Baseball into North Carolina. And there's still some grassroots. I mean, Charlotte, obviously, there's this whack job in Raleigh who thinks they're going to put a team there, and they're not. <laughs> um, Love but, to see it, but it ain't happening. Well, so there was talk in back in my day of putting it in Greensboro. And I, I, and you kind of reminded me of this, maybe building a, a stadium closer to High Point. And, you know, they've built downtown stadiums in Greensboro and Winston-Salem for the minor league teams, and that's helped attendance there but the idea of greensboro is you would draw from not only the triad but the triangle and and charlotte but charlotte's so weird I, you know i don't know if you'd get people to to drive all the way to greensboro but that gets into the discussion if you have an mlb franchise more people are gonna be be rabid fans it's not gonna be like me going to a minor league yeah. game which i might go to less than five a year probably more like two or three a year now and it's an entertainment option, and you go to, you know, kind of have a night out with friends or family. And it's more of a social type thing. Yeah, have a bag of peanuts, drink a couple suds, and uh, you know, if the game gets running long, you get the hell out of there. Because I mean, I ain't got I ain't got yeah. time to stick around for five hours, and unless I'm being paid to. So, you know, it's just that's one of those things. And you know, so I guess Charlotte makes sense. It'd be fun to have them in Greensboro. I think it'd be a little more central ownership, but I, I just don't think Greensboro is a viable candidate. And, and I just think Raleigh is too. Raleigh's not there yet. Now, I guess with Raleigh getting Apple, but that Apple thing's not all it's cracked up to be from what I understand. So I don't know. Well, it's just interesting though, but it, it's sad in a way that, I mean, look how Oakland's been abandoned in the last few years. I mean, you have the, uh, the uh, Warriors leaving to go to their arena in Sanford, the floating arena in San Francisco, right? The Raiders have taken off. And uh, now the A's won. But that, that stadium's uh, dreadful. It's a dump. And they and they have no money to, Looks like to a build prison. them a new one. Well, I mean, it's out like in an industrial area. Yeah. Like, like I mean, it's it really, I mean. Perfect for the Raiders. <laughs> you, I mean, you're being funny about it looking like a prison, but I mean, it does. It, there's no... There's nothing about it, and it's amazing 
that that friend, I mean, they're in first place right now. And it's amazing that they're as competitive as they've been uh, in that franchise, and they need to go somewhere. But I, I would say this. I would build like a boutique stadium in in Las Vegas. I would not build the biggest stadium you could build. It's got to be indoors, but I, it's just so transient, I don't think. And there's so go many big. That's the other thing of about baseball. It's it's so many games in a year. I mean, that's that's they got to shorten it, I believe. Then I could do that. As as an unpopular is not a word. As dwindling as the interest is in baseball nationally, it still does great in like the the hometown market and in the regional markets. Yeah, still does fabulous. I mean, there's still a lot of interest regionally in the Braves. You know, but it's yeah. uh, and and the TV does well, but I, I just got to get out of Oakland. And then if you're going to put them in North Carolina, I guess Charlotte's the place to put it. I just don't, I think the Greensboro thing is come and gone as a viable option. And like I say, Raleigh or Durham really isn't a viable option either. Uh, all right. Uh, we're going to talk with uh, Aaron fit coming up bottom of the hour. Talk a little bit about uh, what he what to expect the the selection of uh, the NCAA regionals. Twenty sites are going to be announced, from what we understand, on Thursday, and uh, of those twenty sites, sixteen will be picked. So it's kind of you know, if somebody just goes absolutely on a tailspin here, and their site is picked, I get you know that's one of the sites that conceivably they wouldn't be playing. But um, I, you know that, that that's kind of the tough thing about this. It's all because of the COVID protocols. Uh, you want to do Bojangles today, Ben? I'm ready. Let's do caller three. Shorten it up a little for 94.3. Let's do caller three. 252-561 game. 252-561-4263. Caller three will win a Bojangles uh, gift card when we return. Uh, some chilly weather on the way. Some rain tomorrow. I'll talk about that. Aaron Fit will be with us a little later on in the hour talking uh ECU Baseball and the Regionals from D1Baseball.com will take uh, Caller 3, a winner of a Bojangles gift card at 252-561-GAME when we return. When preparing breakfast, it's important that you have quality ingredients. That includes fresh eggs, bacon or sausage, and most importantly... Clay Travis on the drive to work. Patrick Johnson on the drive home. And the best sports programming in eastern North Carolina. Oh, that really sounds magnificent. Right here on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates. 94.3 The Game. Every Monday during the ECU baseball season, tune in as Pirate Coach Cliff Godwin talks East Carolina baseball. Brought to you by Carolina Digestive Diseases and Endoscopy Center and the Gavigan Agency. With Patrick Johnson on your home for Pirate baseball. I fly ball to left, to the track, to the wall. He cannot get it. 94.3 The Game and 94.3TheGame.com. Now back to the Patrick Johnson Show. From one Keith to another Keith, great Keith Richards, who will outlive us all. Uh, Keith at Greenville, our Bojangles winner. Congratulations, Keith. Thanks for calling and listening, and uh, you got your little Bojangles there. Good for you. You there? All right, sure appreciate it. Yes, sir. Sure appreciate it. <laughs> yeah, it's Bo time there, my friend. Uh, all right, so this is your moment to shine. 
Uh, anything you want to ask me or uh, ask Ben? You know, he lives quite a life. He's an interesting guy. Or, or any statement you want to make, this is your time. As long as it's not profane, this is your time to go. No, man, I really don't have anything to say, man. I just enjoy listening to you guys every day when I get off work, man. It's just, a, you know, it's just I enjoy it, man. It gives me something to do. I, I can't stand music, man, but I, I just love talk radio, man. I love it. Well, that's very kind of you. What What do you do, if I may ask? Will we expose you if we... Man, I'm a... If, um, well, no, I do concrete work, man. I work for a concrete company here in Greenville. And, um, you know, that's what I do, man. And some, sometimes, man, I play music. I don't, I'm not crazy about music that's on the radio, man, but, I, you know, I do music part-time, you know. Okay. Like in a band or something? No, I just like play piano, just for man. I play for different churches and, and small oh. events. Okay. Um, where's your... Uh, so if somebody wanted you to come play their event, what do they need to do? Man... They would probably just have to just to give me a call, man. I'm not like real big, man. I just do little small stuff, man. You well, know, I know. I'm not, I'm like, not saying. Yeah, <laughs> nobody's gonna book job, you for man. Carnegie <laughs> Hall, Keith. I don't think that's gonna happen. But you know, you might get to play somebody's, <laughs> you know, birthday party that's or something right, here. Right. So you know, that's right. All right, <laughs> well, I hear you. That's fine. That's fine. Um, uh, well, we appreciate you calling. Thanks for uh, thanks for dialing in and uh, stay safe. That's hard work you do. So stay safe out there. Okay, my man. I enjoy you guys every day, man. I love you guys, man. Thank you, Keith. That's very kind of you. Appreciate it. Keith in Greenville. So uh, there's a buddy of mine that works um, kind of – he, he's more in the administrative side, kind of a liaison between contractors and, like, their clients. And he hits me up on the always anonymous text line, right? Uh-huh. He lives down in Moorhead City, and he kind of travels all over the east. He can't get to work right now. He can't get. They're out of gas in Moorhead. He's, he was just sending me. It's ridiculous. So I mean, it's stupid. just stupid. Yeah. It, it's so dumb. So dumb. And guess and who it, caused all this? I mean. It, the media. <laughs> the media caused all well, it's this. A, it's a media thing. It's it's a dereliction in the government and, and, a, and a government contractor. But, I mean, here we are. We got people. I mean, it's just like the, the toilet paper thing last year. And I mean, I had to, you know, I'm a sanitizer freak. I always have sanitizer with me. I had to walk around for several months with that. I'd start making my own sanitizer because that stuff they were putting out in the store smelled like vomit. Are you when you couldn't get hand sanitizer or cleaning supplies is when the uh, pandemic first hit? It was well, all just, sold out. This is the same thing, and we're just such. We just we have so many idiots in this country. It's 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 sad. Sheep. I mean, it really is bad. Just don't do your normal thing. They're not lacking supply. A run on gas is, is not going to help. It's going to drive the cost up. That's all it's going to do. Just stupid. God, it's stupid. Uh, it is uh, 70 degrees right now, low of 52 tonight. Tomorrow, 50% chance of rain. Cloudy at 56. How about that tomorrow, Ben? Closing in on mid-May, it's going to be cold. 45 tomorrow night and then 69, brother, on Thursday and then 71 Friday your forecast um always if you miss the show you could check us out 94.3 thegamecom that's where we post the podcast of the show also you can get the inside the ecu clubhouse with cliff godwin podcast monday mornings 94.3 thegamecom also wherever you download your favorite podcast aaron fit is going to go over the uh his thoughts on ecu after seeing him in person this weekend in greenville d1baseball.com he's also going to talk to us a little bit about 
get this, Ben. Talk to us a little bit about this uh, regional process. It's kind of shrouded in mystery. It's ever-evolving. Thursday's the day we're supposed to find out the 20 regional sites for the uh, NCAA postseason. Greenville likely to be on them. Uh, ben, you got an update for us? Yeah, let's do that now. Ben Byram with a 94-3 The Game Sports Update. And then bottom of the hour, Aaron Fitt from D1Baseball.com. Ben? Thanks, Patrick. We start with some news out of college football. Some sad news as ex-Hawaii record-setting quarterback Colt Brennan has passed away at the age of 37. Brennan was reportedly in his fifth month at a rehab facility in California where he was found unconscious. Brennan was formerly the single-season touchdown record holder with 58 in the 2006 season, a record that would not be broken until Joey Burrow surpassed it in 2019. Brennan remains fourth all-time in career touchdown passes with 131. From the NFL, the Panthers hired Cole Spencer as the director of college scouting. Spencer previously was a college scout for the Washington football team. For Major League Baseball, Oakland is in serious danger of losing another professional sports franchise. The Oakland A's are starting to explore the possibility of relocation with the blessing of the league. The move was reportedly made so that pressure could be put on local officials to greenlight a new stadium project worth $12 billion. Meanwhile, two-time All-Star pitcher Jordan Zimmerman has decided to retire after 13 seasons in the MLB. And wrapping up from the NBA last night, a new triple-double king was crowned as Washington Wizards point guard Russell Westbrook notched 28 points, 21 assists, and 13 rebounds in a loss to the Hawks for his 182nd triple-double, passing Hall of Famer Oscar Robertson for the most in NBA history. And Boston Celtics stars Jalen Brown is officially out for the season after tearing a ligament in his left wrist and will undergo surgery, ending a breakthrough campaign that saw become a first-time All-Star. The Celtics currently hold the seventh seed in the East and are slated to play in the play-in tournament. That's going to do it for your 94th of the game sports update when we return D1 Baseball's Aaron Fit on the regionals after this quick timeout. Miss a moment. Remember, there will be a test. You can log on to the brand new 943thegame.com for the podcast of the PJ Show. Plus, what's going on with sports in Pitt County and around the globe. And the latest on the ECU Pirates. Log on today to the brand new 943thegame.com. You are dismissed. Pirates, Panthers, the P-Man. Oh, my. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game right now. Super to have Aaron Fit with us here. Uh, of course, he covers baseball nationally as the co-editor for uh, D1 Baseball. It's uh, great to have Aaron back with us. I think uh, it's been, well, it has been far too long. It's been quite a while since we've had him with us. Uh, Aaron, thanks for taking a few minutes with us uh, here, and uh, we appreciate uh, your insight and time as always. Absolutely. It's great to be on with you. So, you know, you were in Greenville all weekend. Um, to me, I think, and, and this is really the first time Sunday I've seen the team in person in a while, saw them a little earlier in the year, watched them. Uh, and listened frequently. Uh, but to me, just seeing them kind of firsthand, if this ECU team plays like that, uh, that, that they are as good as any in the country. Do you agree with that? Yeah, they're really, they're really good. You're right. And, you know, they were locked in this weekend. I thought all four games, even the game they lost, I thought um, they played really well. And uh, they're, they're very, very formidable. You know, I, I, I've been saying all year, really since the fall, that I think 
the position player group is, is pretty special. I mean, uh, I think it's a, an elite defensive team. You know, they're very strong up the middle. They're strong on the corners. Uh, but also, you know, just the, the, the kind of depth and versatility of the offense is, is really uh, it's impressive. You know, when they get rolling like they were, uh, they just grind out so many quality at-bats. Um, they can beat you with the, with the long ball from the right side and the left side. I mean, you've got star power there, of course, with, with Norby and Francisco um, leading the way at the top there. And, you know, and you've got the ability to, to push the action with the, the, the running game and the bunting game. And, and I, I keep t- telling people they, they hit and run better than any team I've, I've seen in a long time. I mean, they really have a knack for that, uh, which, is, which is, you know, not an easy skill to execute successfully, but they, they do it very well. So... Uh, they just have so many different ways that they can beat you. And and the pitching staff, you know, as long as, as Carson Wittenhunt stays healthy, that's obviously huge. Yeah. Uh, but I was still encouraged by what I saw from him on Sunday. And I just think if you've got Gavin Williams, who's clearly figured it out and, and become the big star that we always thought he could be, um, and then and Wittenhunt, who I think could be a first-round pick next year, if that's your one-two punch in the rotation, you've got a really good bullpen behind him with, you know, polished veteran guys who just, hang in there and are tough and get out. Um, that's, a, that's a winning formula in the postseason. I thought it was important uh, that Carter Spivey, speaking of the bullpen, came out. He had a bad spot start in Wichita. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, it's that game within a game. We talked about it on the ESPN Plus telecast. He fires a fastball right down, called for a strike. And it, you could just see him sort of ex- exhale. And then he gave him those mm-hmm. middle innings that Cliff Godwin said basically won the game for him and won the series for him on Sunday. Yeah, that's right. And again, you know, a veteran guy who's been around for a while, um, you know, and he's always had solid stuff and yeah. spin that slider in there pretty good. And, you know, it's enough fastball and um, it's a nice piece. And, 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 you know, it's especially nice when if you're not necessarily getting deep starts out of Tyler Smith and Jake Kuchmanner, which they really haven't. Um, and if you want to nitpick ECU, that's something that, you know, you can, you can point to. It'd be nice to get a little bit more consistent deep starts out of those two veteran guys to take some pressure off the bullpen in a four-game series. But, um, you know, if you're not if you're not getting, you know, through four innings uh, from those, those starters, a guy like Spivey could be that bridge guy. He's that really valuable swing guy that can help shorten the game and, and get you to, you know, Bridges and Mayhew at the back and Colmore. And, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, Garrett Saylor's a nice piece. I really like the depth of that, of that pitching staff. And uh, maybe it's not a bunch of, you know, mid to high 90s guys, but uh, I've seen teams like Florida that have a bunch of mid to high 90s guys and, and they're not outgetters. You know, I, I give me the guy who's 90 92 with life and command and been a real good slider and gets outs. I mean, I, I want that guy. We've got uh, on with us uh, here Aaron Fitt uh, from D1 Baseball. He was at Greenville all weekend for this uh, all-important series between the uh, Pirates and Green Wave in which ECU took three out of four. We appreciate uh, him being on with us uh, here. Uh, The other uh, thing about the lineup as a whole, uh, obviously with Franny and, and Norby at the top, but then you kind of look through, you have the, the Agnos bats sort of starting to come to life a little bit. It's, it's now a matter of, uh, a lot of those balls that he'd been hitting hard the, all year are starting to, to find their uh, way onto the field as base hits or over the fence for home runs. Uh, but you have Moylan, who got uh, some recognition uh, this week. Uh, Amac, who is uh, another young star within the program. Uh, you know, save maybe uh, Lane Hoover, who's still trying to get back healthy. And then Ryder, Ryder Giles, unfortunately, uh, for all the savvy and, and – uh, 
experience he brings. He has struggled a little bit here. Uh, but even with those guys, they're not gonna they're not gonna do things silly to kill you. They're not gonna press. Um, I, I just look at this team one through nine in the lineup. You look at the pitching, and I, I agree, Cooch Maynard Smitty could, you know, go and give you a little more. But they're also apt to to do that. We know that's in their history, so they can they can certainly do that. Uh, I, I just think this is a hard team to get out, and it's a hard team to to generate a ton of runs against when they're on pitching. Yeah, no question. I mean, right now it feels like they're one of the most balanced teams out there. And you mentioned a couple of guys, um, you know, Agnos really, really like his game a lot and his, you know, uh, his mentality that the, the kind of hard nosed approach that he brings. But uh, I love the way he defends the third base. Yeah. I and mean, I think that's a, he, he's one of those, those difference makers on defense as well. Uh, but you're right about the bat. I mean, the, the power is really starting to come now. Um, I like the quality of his at-bats. I mean, he's, he's a good, good player, and I think he's going to be a big star next year in his third year as a program. He's already become a really, really good player. Um, and Moylan, I mean, you know, come on. This is, this is a no-brainer. This guy's got pedigree. He's right. got size. He's got, <laughs> he's got hit ability for a true freshman, and, and, and obviously he's got huge raw power. I mean, you know, we, we've seen these teams big old donkeys that Spencer Brickhouse has come through this program and have really good careers. Yeah. And he's the next one, you know, and, and, and he might be, he might wind up being the best out of all of them when it's said and done, because that's, that's a pretty special talent. Yeah. That, that's high praise uh, too. That's coming uh, from uh, uh, D1 baseball.com's Aaron fit. Uh, appreciate him being with us uh, here today on the Patrick Johnson show. Of course, uh, spent the weekend in, in Greenville. Uh, you know, I was uh, a lot of people in pirate nation and, you know this. Pirate Nation has an opinion when it comes to their baseball team. Uh, they, you know, they took real yeah. exception to what uh, Tulane had said in the media coming in, uh, Benoit and what have you. You know, I don't mind that. I, if you're going to go in and knock off the best team on their field, you got to have a little moxie. you got to have some belief in yourself. So, I, you know, that kind of stuff doesn't bother me. Yeah. I, I think Cliff Godwin certainly took some exception to maybe the on-the-field uh, back and forth among players, apparently among players and coaches, uh, the Tulane to ECU side. But, you know, as far as having some uh, some chutzpah about you, as far as having confidence in yourself, yeah. I, I have no real problem with that. I, you know, I, this Tulane team's young, and I don't know if this is their year. I think they maybe have to win the regular season somehow or at least the, the tournament, maybe make a deep run at this point to get in. But their RPI was not hurt this weekend. Um Right. But, but, you know, this is a team, I think, I like their coach. You know, he's got a different – he's kind of got that California laid-back West Coast approach. Um, you know, they've got tradition. I think Tulane could be a, a tough out in a few weeks down in, in Clearwater. Certainly the Pirates will be. And then watch out for UCF in my mind. You know, they've done some – they've gone on the road this year and won in places that are hard to win, Greenville included. So those are kind of the three I look at. Yep. Uh, when we look ahead to the conference tournament, uh, what, what's your assessment? Yeah, you're, you're on to it. I mean, uh, UCF is a weird club that they've just been very Jekyll and Hyde this year. Um, you know, I saw them early in the year, and I think it was either right before or right after they went to Ole Miss and won a series, and they just got blown out by Stetson. And, uh, and they just looked flat. And it's like, man, like, I can't figure this team out. They, they have talent. They were real good last year. They did lose some pieces, but it just feels like they have not been able to put together consistent baseball. But when they play well, they're dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Tulane, you know, started really, really slow. And then they, 
obviously they, they got hot. I think they won 13 games in a row. Granted, it was against the, the lesser teams in the league, but you know their starting pitching is good. Um, those all four of those guys, you know, they've got they've got stuff and, and they compete and they've got experience. And you know, Keegan Gillies the bat clearly is a, is a major weapon. Um, they're they're still like you said, young in, in the lineup. I think they had four or five freshmen in the lineup most of the weekend. Um, and, and those guys will have their growing pains, but clearly Bennett Lee is, is, is pretty special. Um, and, and, you know, I saw the, the quote, the Donovan Benoit quote, basically yeah. saying, oh, we should be the favorites or whatever. I mean, like, that's, that's dumb. You're not the favorite. But I also didn't think it was that offensive. Like, I thought it was kind of silly for anyone to get, you know, right, to get yeah. really bent out of shape about that. Uh, and, and I will say that from my perspective, I thought ECU was a far chippier team this weekend. I mean, you know, screaming at the opposing pitcher when you're hitting home runs and that kind of stuff. I mean, I didn't really see Tulane doing that. Uh, there was the one home run where the guy, you know, crushed it and really watched it go on Saturday night. Uh, but other than that, I mean, they didn't really get the opportunity to chirp, to be honest with yeah. you, because they were getting their, their brains beat in um, for, for, for parts of that series. So, I mean, I, I thought ECU played with a real edge. And you know what? That's, that's your right to play with an edge. You're the best team in the league. You're the best program in the league. You, you've ruled this league with iron fist for a while. Uh, somebody, you know, coming in here in first place and talking a little bit of junk and you want to, you know, mash him down, go for it, you know, go for it. But I, I think that stuff makes baseball fun. I, I also like, uh, just to throw out a, a player here, uh, Tulane's shortstop, Colin Burns. Uh, that dude can go. I mean, you know, as much as Giles has struggled in the field, uh, still a great player. Uh, great shorts. I mean, just just two fabulous shortstops this weekend. But boy, Burns is something else. I, again, kind of a, a, a you know yeah. a, a guy that has a big future in my mind. He's interesting because you know I was watching this weekend. It, it kind of struck me that he's really good at throwing on the run. Um, but the ball that's hit right at him, it's like he tries to almost manufacture right. you know <laughs> the opportunity to throw on the run because he's not as comfortable just stopping, plant and throw. So, I mean, it's one of those guys, he can make that flashy play and really impress you. But it's like, you know, sometimes you wonder if it's in a guy's head a little bit. The easy routine play right at you is a little more challenging. Yeah. Um, let me, uh, before we get to what's going, what we are expecting to happen later in the week, uh, Aaron Fitt, uh, co-editor of D1 Baseball, is on the line with us uh, here on the Patrick Johnson Show. Okay, so, Aaron, um, teams, especially you see you, I mean, you say struggle, but there are 500 team on the road. Um what would you attribute that to? I, I guess a little bit of it is people natural. Other teams naturally play well at home. They're going to be up at home playing ECU, but everybody across the board is older and more experienced than they were last year because of the COVID year and players being allowed to come back. Is, is it a simple case of that? Is just it's just more difficult than ever to win on the road in college baseball? Yeah, I mean that's that's probably part of it. Um, you know, they, they haven't played that many road games. I mean, they've had some, some midweek struggles, I guess, um, here and there, like, you know, occasional loss in, they play that many midweek games. Um, but the, 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 you know, a couple of those early in the year that maybe contributed to that. Uh, but I think part of it might just be, you know, smaller sample size. I mean, how many road series have they had in conference? They had Wichita State and they had the, the Houston series that was canceled. Um, and is that it? I mean, you yeah, know, that's I, it. I just think they, they haven't. Yeah, they go on the road know. the next two weekends, you know, eight games to finish the year on the yeah. road. So, so, I mean, that's kind of my take is it's, it's, it's just too small of a sample size to even really draw a conclusion about that. Gotcha. Uh, so, Thursday, the NCAA is going to announce 12 potential regional sites. Greenville's anticipated to be one of them. Um, 
what, what, what can we expect out of this? I mean, 16 of that 20 will be filled. Is there somebody where you're unaware? But, I mean, are these are the 20. Uh, 80% of these 20 are going to be where you're going to have regionals regardless, correct? Right. Yeah, exactly. And, and I think some of them are, are, you know, clearly locked in. Those, those top four teams in the SEC, um, you know, the top three teams in the Big 12. You got Notre Dame in the ACC. It's, it's crazy as it is, Notre Dame is, is locked in. Right now, is a top eight seed. Um, then you got top three teams in the pack. You know, Arizona, Stanford, Oregon have all had really good years. So those teams plus East Carolina all feel very safe. Florida feels pretty safe right now. Uh, and then you've got a big old, you know, glut of teams kind of competing for the last, in my mind, three spots. You know, Louisiana Tech, Charlotte, maybe Southern Miss out of, out of Conference USA. That league's had a good year this year. Uh, and you've got Pitt, Florida State, maybe Georgia Tech. Louisville, all from the ACC are in that mix. Uh, and then you got a couple teams out west, maybe a Gonzaga, maybe a, a UCLA or, or UC Irvine. Um, for, for me, those are those are kind of the teams that are all just in a big old bag there. And we'll see which, you know, which, which handful the committee picks out. Of the remaining, let's say, uh, you know, maybe four or five that aren't locks, um, it just depends on how they finish, I guess, correct? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, the key is just getting themselves into that top 20 uh, to have a chance. And, you know, a team like UCLA that's kind of surging a little bit right now after a pretty pedestrian first half of the season, uh, you just wonder, is it, is it too late for them to get into that 20? Because they could continue to finish strong, and at the end of the year you're thinking, man, this team they found a way to win the Pac-12. How are they not hosting? Um, that could happen, you know, but right now – I don't know. I mean, maybe they sneak into that top twenty, but that, that's kind of just the weird dynamic of yeah. this season. It's well, just, uh, you know, it's not ideal, but it is what it is. With the early call, you know, you're going to have some real dangerous surging chip on the shoulder, two and maybe even three seeds in some cases, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You're right. There's there's going to be some of that. Some teams that because every year it happens. There's somebody that gets hot last three weeks into conference tournaments, and I mean, Florida State a couple of years ago went from being outside the at-large bubble um, with maybe two weeks left, and then they go on the road, they sweep Louisville, and they run all the way through the conference tournament, and they wind up hosting a regional, you know? So, like, <laughs> that kind of crazy stuff does happen every year. Yeah. Uh, Aaron, you have uh, obviously looked at it, uh, and you guys put out each week kind of your projections. Um, what, what, what do you – you know, if you had to look right now, let's assume ECU is the number one seed. What kind? What caliber of teams? What are some – possible pool of teams i mean could charlotte wind up in in greenville could old dominion wind up in 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 greenville you know that talk about a team that's under the radar or are we looking at maybe you know a a second or third place sec or acc team i think you're probably almost certainly looking at an acc team you know whether it's nc state or um Virginia or Clemson, one of those teams, it could be a three. Any one of those teams maybe could play themselves into being a two seed or being a three, in which case you might have a Conference USA, you know, uh, an Old Dominion or a Charlotte as your two. Um, I feel like that combination feels like a pretty safe bet, one F- one ACC and, and one Conference USA, just the way the field is shaping up and kind of the lack of other hosts in, in that region. Uh one other thing, you guys at one point had uh, Central projected to come to, to make the trip to Greenville. Um, what is the, what is the likelihood that Central, whether it's at Greenville or somewhere else, uh, makes this tournament? Where do they stack up in the MEAC? And boy, wouldn't that be a great story to have them in their final year 
yeah. of baseball uh, at, at North Carolina Central there in Durham make the tournament? Yeah, and they got a shot. Now, obviously, it's a one-bid league, uh, so it all comes down to who wins the automatic bid in the conference tournament. And, uh, you know, for me, they're right there in that mix with, with Florida A&M and in Norfolk State. There's a couple of teams there that uh, have kind of beat up on each other a little bit, and they've gone around and around a little. But um, I actually, I mean, they got a couple of real good arms there. That guy named Austin Burner who just threw a no-hitter no is a six foot eight, you know, just giant uh, with, with big stuff. Uh, I wouldn't necessarily want to run into him as a one seed in the first game of a regional. Um, and they got a second guy too named Ryan Miller. So they've got two pretty good arms there. They're actually, they're a frisky potential four seed. Let's just put it that way. Yeah. Gotcha. Hey, uh, before we go here, uh, and we appreciate your time. Um, as far as how many of the American gets in, what would you say right now is the number? Uh, one and a half, <laughs> you know, we're looking at, East Carolina and Tulane is in the mix. Um, yeah. The fact is, I mean, you mentioned it earlier, Tulane actually went up in the RPI this weekend, even after losing three out of four, because they're road games, you know, and the formula is, is weighted to help uh, those, those teams that have to go on the road a lot. So I think they, they climbed from the 70s up to like 57, even after losing three out of four. And, you know, I still think it would help them to have the regular season title, um, which I don't expect them now to win. But they could still get in as, as the second the second team as long as that RPI stays roughly in that range. And, and maybe the committee will just place less emphasis on the RPI because this is one of those leagues that has played um, a disproportionate number of conference games, you know, these four-game series. Mm-hmm. And so the RPI does take on some less, less significance in that case. So um, I, I, think, I think it's the number six RPI conference. I mean, it's historically, uh, you know, in that range, it's kind of five to seven. Um, in the pecking order, and, and, and I think two bids is, is pretty reasonable, but Tulane has to be careful. They don't, they don't keep sliding after this weekend. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and last thing here, do we know about what time we'll look at? We'll, we'll see this come out on uh, Thursday. We do not. Uh, <laughs> the committee feels like they're they're making it up as they go along here. They keep they keep kind of shifting the, yeah. the procedure. So yeah. uh, we'll wait and see. Who knows. Could be 6 in the morning, could be midnight. We'll find out. We'll all find out together. That's right. Uh, Aaron and uh, Kendall and all the gang, D1 Baseball, have it covered. Aaron, thanks. Great to talk to you. Hope you enjoyed your time in Greenville this weekend. Absolutely. Always good to be there and always good to talk with you, Patrick. Yeah, you too. Uh, We'll be back to wrap it up next. And Pirates. Hoy there, Panthers. Good, baby. Very good. The P-Man. Uh, put it to This is Eastern North Carolina's home for sports. 94.3 The Game. The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. There are certain things that are kind of iconic in this world, and even if you're not a sports fan, you probably know, you know, what they are if you hear, you know, the Boston Celtics. You kind of know the Celtics are. You know the Patriots and Brady are. Again, if you're not a sports fan, you know these people because it's in the, the lexicon. Landmarks as well, you know, Notre Dame football and uh, Wrigley Field, Fenway Park. But the Green Monster. Biden today called it the Green Wall. What? It's going to be the dude that's going to fix everything, though. We got gas lines like the 70s. Uh, Big thanks to Kendall. 
uh, not Kendall, uh, Aaron Fitt was on with us today. And uh, congratulations to Keith on winning. But yeah, uh, Aaron Fitt said Kendall Rogers there for a minute. Aaron doesn't wear the cowboy hat. Uh, we'll talk uh, more about the uh, regional projections tomorrow and uh, everything else going on. We'll chat it up with you. Thanks to Ben Byram as always. See you tomorrow. Patrick Johnson Show.